Hi, I'm Margo of the ChingonaHomesteader.com, and this is episode four of the Chingona Homesteader podcast. Boy, are there a lot of myths about homesteading. I'm not even sure which ones are real and which ones are fake. I can't even tell anymore. But since I started using the word homesteading, <laughs> I'm getting some awfully strange questions from people, um, strangers and people who know me. Questions like, um, isn't that just a garden? Aren't you just starting a garden? <laughs> Which I guess you could look at it that way. But I mean, typically when you're growing food, you don't, you don't just call it a garden, do you? I mean, I've got like rows with irrigation and st I mean, it's tiny, but, um, but if you did what I'm doing and like replicated it over and over again, over an acre, instead of like 1%, I don't think I have one, even 1% of an acre. Um, but let's say I do, let's say it's 1% of an acre. Um, if you took that and, and multiplied it by a hundred, uh, you would have a farm. It would be recognizable as a farm. But people ask me stuff like, uh, am I a vegan now? I'm, I'm not. Um, not that I'm against it or wouldn't try it. I might. But at the moment, no, not a vegan. Um, are you going to stop shaving your legs slash armpits? <laughs> Somebody asked me that. No. Uh, no. Because, no. Uh, just not me. Again, nothing against it. It, but it's just not me. Um, are you joining a cult? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what else do people ask? Uh, are you going to get chickens? Um, I'm not going to get chickens. Uh, you know, I, I guess one of the things that makes it a farm, I don't know, can you have a farm without any kind of, any kind of livestock? I have, um, I do have bees, and I'll get to that in a little while. Maybe not this episode, but I do have bees, but I, I cannot have chickens for several reasons, and I'll explain why. Um, number one, uh, I live, although I live in a city, uh, you know, in Southern California, there's lots of canyons, and I live on a canyon. And um, even if I had chickens in my front yard or on the side of my house, they still would be too close to the canyon. And the thing about that is there's lots and lots of things in the canyon that will eat a chicken, um, starting with the rats. Um, rats will swarm a chicken. And uh, so there's the rats. And then there's also um, coyotes. Coyotes will take a chicken. They sure will. Coyotes will take a cat, I'm afraid. Once in a while, we hear them take a cat out in the canyon. It is a very awful sound. Um, and then there's snakes, which like the eggs. You know, they won't take the chicken, but they might take the eggs. And worst of all, perhaps, um, are the owls. The owls, I understand, are quite brutal. When we, I actually grew up on the canyon that we're, we're living on, not in this house, but, um, but I, I, around the corner from here, but on the same canyon. And I remember I had this sweet little old lady next door who had lived on the same street since, since the late 19th century. She was, she was very, very old. And she told me that when she first got married, she got a pet, a goose, which is much larger than chicken, a pet goose. And one night, an owl from the canyon got her goose. So I don't think I'm going to be doing chickens. Um, and a lot of people have said, 
that homesteading is not for them. And I totally understand that. I was a person who said that for many, many years. Um, and I totally get that. But if that's you and you are still wanting like one simple way to try to make a difference or try to improve the earth or improve um, your carbon footprint or whatever, uh, I have I have a couple of suggestions I'm going to rattle off in the next segment of the Chingona Homesteader podcast. Stay tuned. So maybe you don't want to, you know, purchase a pitchfork off of Amazon, which I have yet to do, by the way, but I, I do see it in my future. It's in the cart. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, maybe you don't like to get dirt under your fingernails. There are lots of ways that you can improve your health, decrease your carbon footprint, Um, There's lots of things you can do that don't involve a tremendous amount of work. That's another thing about homesteading and that I think is not a myth, that it is work. Even though I have, I actually have hired somebody helping me. I have somebody not only giving me advice about how to do this, because I've never done it before, but also doing um, a good deal of the manual labor, uh, which I I advise. If you can, if you can swing it, um, doesn't cost me that much. And, uh, but I'll, I'll do a whole podcast just about that sometime. But, um, but if you, if you, you know, if it, if it is daunting and I understand why it would be, there's, there's other stuff that you can do to make a difference in your life and to the planet. Uh, one thing you can do is to change the, um, change perhaps the laundry detergent that you're using or the dish detergent that you're using or the body products that you're using um, to things that are biodegradable and use the gray water that you produce. That's the water that goes down the drain. It's So, so there's there's several kinds of water, obviously. There's, there's the water that comes out of the tap, which is supposed to be drinkable unless, you know, you happen to live somewhere where it's not. Here in San Diego, the water is not amazing. Um, The water that goes down the drain when you're washing dishes or doing your laundry or taking a shower or bath, that's called gray water. The water that comes out of your toilet is called black water. So we don't mess with black water. But gray water, um, you can use to water your plants. If you're not using chemicals on your body or in your laundry or on your dishes that are harmful to plants, um, you can not waste water. Uh, which is something we're very conscious of here in Southern California, as you can imagine. Uh, you can use that gray water to to water your plants. Um, and my plants, I've noticed, love the gray water. One of the cool things about our uh, bungalow, our hundred-year-old bungalow, is that we have the original clawfoot tub. So we take a lot of we take baths more than showers, but we bathe less frequently, which oddly is not seeming to be a problem. But anyway, I, I use that water from the bathtub and I water the plants out back in the canyon that aren't hooked up to irrigation. I water those with the gray water. Um, another thing that you can do is simply to try to create less trash. So using a reusable um, lunchbox, um, you know, to take your lunch to work instead of going to a takeout place, it's going to give you a styrofoam box and a plastic wrapped plastic fork and a plastic wrapped plastic straw and so on and so on. Um, I recently, well, not recently, like a year ago, I switched 
from I'm very embarrassed to say that for years I used like Ziploc bags and um, disposable things to pack my kids school lunches and after just one week of switching to reusable I switched to reusable packable boxes and um, cloth napkins and I was blown away by how much less trash I created in a week like my big family trash can you know we put out on trash day was so much less full on trash day just because I made that one change um, you might want to carry a reusable straw around with you or a set of chopsticks or a reusable spork there's all kinds of th or reusable coffee you know mug um, even just doing that has a massive ripple effect on the environment and on our resources and it sets a good example for everybody around you too I mean don't be don't be a, a preachykins but um, but set a good example and um, I have one more little tip that I'm going to share in the very next segment here on the chingonahomesteader.com So one other thing that you can do um, to try to reduce your carbon footprint, improve your health, um, if you are sort of interested in homesteading but you don't want to you know, make the investment or you don't have the space to devote, there's so many other things that you can do. A couple episodes we talked about baking your own bread, that's one thing that you can do. Um, or you could, um, you know, just cooking more, just cooking your own food from scratch even one more time a week will make a massive difference in the amount of waste that you produce in the um, you know the cutting down on the amount of processed foods that you're consuming um, you actually know something about actually knowing what's going in your food changes you over time you know once you start to make spaghetti yourself or bread yourself or um, cookies yourself that's another thing I make on a regular basis I bake cookies the, the little I bake little mini cookies that I put in my kids lunch and that honestly I didn't do so much for their health health I got tired of buying little cookies I got tired of spending money for like Teddy Grahams or you know Annie's bunnies much as I like those things um, and support those companies I got a little tired of forking over my money to them on a regular basis when I have the time and enjoy making them myself so um, you know finding one thing that you have that you outsource look around your life on it you know as you go through your day and look at all of the things that you may be outsourcing such as your food um, or your exercise like are you paying an expensive gym membership to go walk on the treadmill when you could walk around your neighborhood and build relationships with your neighbors or listen to audiobooks or whatever you know um, if you're if you live somewhere you know like I live in San Diego I can walk outside all the time so look at look around your daily life at where where am I outsourcing and take one of those outsourced items and learn how to do it in-house and you know these little things are laughably small you know like carrying a spork around is a laughably small thing to do but think of how many plastic forks we have all used certainly somebody of my generation um, who you know I don't I'm trying to think did we have I don't think I ever didn't have plastic cutlery 
like at school, you know. Um, so I've probably used a generation's worth of plastic forks and knives and sporks and spoons. Um, enough, enough of them to stop now. <laughs> so um, those are just some basic tips for non-homesteading homesteading if you will i would love to hear your ideas um, for other ways that don't involve you know planting plants or raising animals um, that you can incorporate um, self-reliance you know lessening the carbon footprint improving the health you know effortless little things that we can do to make a big difference please let me know you can you can shout out to me on social media um, at she's nacho mama s-h-e-s-n-a-c-h-o-m-a-m-a that's on all the platforms and you can hashtag the chingona homesteader uh, or you can email me the chingona homesteader at oh i'm sorry that's not my email address my email address is she's not your mama as well. I'm so sorry. Sometimes I think I have a chingona homesteader e uh, Gmail, but I don't. Uh, I, I have one, but I don't use it. Um, my main one is the she's not your mama. S H E S N A C H O M A M A at Gmail dot com. That's she's not your mama at Gmail dot com. And let me know what you guys are doing um, to improve your quality of life without spending more money. And uh, check out my other podcasts, Did I Just Eat That Out Loud, Resisting Bitch Face, and Book Versus Movie, everywhere else that you listen to podcasts. And I'll be back soon with another episode of the Chingona Homesteader Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Bye.